as we come uh, to the conclusion of this gospel, we see the happy message that he who was incarnate <coughs> of the Virgin Mary, of the seed of the Holy Spirit, made good in his life with his divine nature and, uh, and his human body in one person, our Lord Jesus Christ obeyed the will of the Father in all things, fulfilling all righteousness and uh, especially fulfilling that arrangement that the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit had from eternity past, that uh, he would offer himself a sacrifice uh, for sin, that uh, on behalf of the lost children of Adam, that he would see his offspring, that they would rejoice, they would be awarded to him as in his own inheritance. We are, we are Christ's, we are Christ's uh, redemption and, and uh, his trophies uh, for his faithfulness to his Father. And uh, in our call to worship, and even in this psalm we're, we're reading, <clears throat> the, the triumph that, that the Lord Jesus uh, celebrates because his faith was in God, his Father. And uh, as much as he was afflicted, the Lord, the Father, remembered his son and delivered him from the greatest hell that anyone would ever suffer, even into eternity. No one, no one will suffer as Christ did on the cross. The wrath of God was, was absolute. Uh, but uh, he is victor. He is victor over the cross, over sin, over death. The grave could not hold him. And so we celebrate Jesus not only had his birth at Christmas, but always on the Lord's Day, always on the Lord's Day, and especially when we pick a book and we decide to go through it and preach it, coincidentally, <clears throat> we are celebrating what's called Easter here on Christmas Eve. Well, that's just the way, just, that's just the way that it all comes about. I don't, I don't socially engineer the church, and that's just the Lord's providence. Our text will be Matthew 28, <clears throat> verses 11 through 20. Matthew 28, last chapter of Matthew. Verses 11 through 20. Hear now the word of our God. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now, <clears throat> the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. That's far reading God's holy, <clears throat> infallible, and inerrant word. All flesh is as grass and its beauty is as the flower of the field. The grass withers and its flower fades. But the word of our God endures forever. This is the word that was just read to you by God's help that will be preached. Please be seated. <clears throat> I don't know uh, about you, but... Uh, if you're like me, uh, you're pretty careful about <clears throat> the source of the news <clears throat> that you receive. <clears throat> we have a, a, a great number of newspapers that have been established for many, many years in this nation. <clears throat> By the way, newspapers <clears throat> initially <clears throat> were, were started uh, in Christian countries not just to uh, inform people of what's happening, but it was <clears throat> told that the exposing of darkness and holding <clears throat> men and women accountable to their deeds 
was a strong incentive to live orderly and uh, righteous lives. Uh, so, <clears throat> now, as a deterrent, I think there's some, I think there's some uh, logic behind that. But you know, in, in selecting the news the channels and news uh, sources, you, you, you wonder, don't you? You wonder how, <laughs> is, there, is there an agenda? <laughs> the passage we read this morning is about news. And it's about the great news of Jesus <clears throat> ascending from the dead. But that news <clears throat> somehow <clears throat> is not always welcome. And that news is altered <clears throat> and suppressed and, uh, and so we have a problem. Not that the source, the Bible, is wrong. Not that the source, the proclamation of the good news by an angel, by the women who ran to tell the disciples, by the disciples now dubbed apostles and being sent. Nothing wrong at all with, the trans with that transmission in the Holy Spirit as it is verifiable in the Word. Nothing at all wrong with that news source and certainly nothing wrong at all with the news. The news is the best news, the gladdest, best tidings. You know, the angels proclaimed glad tidings, which is to all peoples. For unto this day in Bethlehem, a child is born, whom is the Lord Christ. That was good news. But as Solomon said, the conclusion of a matter is better than the beginning of the matter. And the conclusion of Matthew is even better than the beginning of the Matthew. And we have here this child triumphing over every enemy of God, over every enemy of his people, and now shown to be the risen Lord. And who would like to stifle that news? except people that would stand to lose greatly by it. Kings, hey, they have to bow. Priests, outsourced. No more sacrifices. The cross takes care of that. Outsourced. You're all relieved. Go home. Go home. We've got this. Atonement. Perfect redemption. One offering perfected forever. No more priests. No more temple. Uh, he, he said he'd destroy the temple and raise it in three days. And his enemies were outraged because they had a pretty good thing going. And you talk about conspiracy. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> we all, my friends, stand to gain by this good news. It needs to be communicated. And if we don't keep it pure, or if we don't get the news out, we stand to lose. There is no better news than Christ, crucified, dead, buried, and ascended to the right, and ascended, uh, resurrected, and ascended to the right hand of God the Father. But we'll get there in a minute. Let me just tell you that the teaching immediately for this. Verse, verses 11 through 20 is as follows. The news of Jesus' resurrection from the dead is suppressed by God-haters. Nevertheless, the news of the risen Lord Jesus and all of Jesus' teaching will be heralded by his disciples unto all nations until the end of the world. The news is suppressed by all who hate God. They think they have something to lose by this news. What they have to lose are their lusts, their power, their self-glory, their self-interest, their sin that they love. Yeah, they'll lose that if they follow Christ. But that losing those things is gain to those who have an interest in truth and goodness in God. News of Jesus' resurrection from the dead is suppressed by God-haters, but the good news of the risen Lord Jesus and really all that he's taught 
will be heralded by his disciples to all nations until the end of the world. Three points. The first point is this. Wicked authorities. Wicked authorities, men who have been appointed by God to office. These men had their positions in the church as chief priests and priests and as governors, all that by the authority of God. They had authority. But wicked authorities supplant the truth of Jesus, resurrection, with a lie. And here we have the Roman guards, as it were. <clears throat> now, they didn't know what they were doing, but they were really evangelizing in, in, a, sort, in, a, in a way. They were carrying the news of the empty tomb to the chief priests. <laughs> wow. The, chief, the priests didn't welcome these news. They did not. They, they, what? An empty tomb? Disaster. Oh, you know, you know what that, you know what that fellow used to say, that if you destroy him, he'll be raised up in the third day. This is going to, this is going to go wild. This is going to go viral. We're not going to be able to stop this nonsense. They, they didn't welcome this news. They had a big problem. The priests did not believe the news. The, of the soldiers, they didn't. They, they, they had no interest in the angelic proclamation. They had no interest in the scriptures. But that was that was their only job is to know the scriptures and to teach it to the people. But they had completely faulted, as we preached before. This is an apostate. This is an apostate church. The priests then were dismayed about this report, and uh, they really didn't want it to gain any credence. The priests condemned Jesus to death. Their motive was envy. They just didn't like that God should be glorified in Jesus. And so they're hardened in their sin. And no evidence now will convince inveterate God-haters. You see, the carnal mind already fallen in Adam. The carnal mind is at enmity with God. It's Without the, hate, without the help of the Holy Spirit, no one really comes to a saving faith, a, an assured faith, a comfortable and loving faith. You need grace because by nature, you too will love your sin and hate God. You need to understand that. These priests, oh, they looked great, but they were unholy and they were unconverted. And that's why the good news was... <laughs> received by them as the very worst of news. The priests and elders met, they consulted, and here they acted to suppress, to suppress and to supplant the news of Jesus rising from the dead. Here they, again, <clears throat> sought the, uh, a solution in money. You know, doesn't, doesn't money solve everything, huh? Doesn't in this world under the sun? Money seems to solve a lot of things, doesn't it? Yeah? By bribing the soldiers, denying Jesus' resurrection publicly through falsehood. If ever the ninth commandment was broken, this is it. Truth telling is required. Whether we like it or not, science is science. Whether we like it or not, the facts are there. We've got to be humble enough. We've got to be We've got to be truthful. And so these priests, these authorities, they, they are wicked and they coined a lie as best they could. But you know, really, if you think about it, how could, how could these Roman guards, having been posted in such a very important assignment, possibly have fallen asleep? Really? Really? And not even one. The probability of one having fallen asleep, they probably had never done that before. But a company of soldiers? Man, that's a reach. <clears throat> Failure to keep one guard uh, as a Roman was punishable by death in the Roman army. And this is no small thing. That's why they were worried that if this news got out, it would be their hide. They would be outsourced. Every, uh, the problem here is outsourcing. Everything is about being outsourced. And so there was a promise to protect these guards and the report from punishment if they, just, if they just fell in with a lie. Everything will be okay. 
Yeah, you, you're not going to lose your position as a guard. They're not going to kill you. We'll take care of this. We, we, have, we have inroads with the governor. We're fine. My friends, both religious and civil authorities are placed by God to keep order in the world. They do very little good in the world except a couple things. Keep the peace of the society and kill people who are not keeping the peace. Those are the two things that governments are really, really good at. Keeping the peace, because we need, ever since, you know, ever since Noah came out of the ark, there has been government because the world in Noah's day went, went wild. They, they were violent. They were, their lust just consumed every, everything, so the, the Lord brought the flood. Ever since then, there's been government. But government is there to protect and deliver from evil. And here, these are actually turned on themselves and the Lord who placed them in authority. But they are accountable to God's servants, and a great sin here is committed to impede God's truth, to supplant the gospel with a lie. This is a soul-killing sin. <clears throat> Rome here and the, the Jewish priests have killed more than Hitler or Stalin by perverting and supplanting the truth. You keep the gospel from someone, you condemn them to death. It's just like Adam. He sinned, all of his, all of his mankind fell on him by covenant, but this is a practical matter, not by covenant, but by practice. The love of money is a root. I don't think it's the root, but it certainly is a root of all kinds of evil. First Timothy 6, verse 10. You turn a lot of necks if you pay, uh, pay, people uh, if you pay out money. Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces. All right. The Roman guards conspired to hide the truth for money. These soldiers didn't make a lot of money. They, they didn't, they, you know, they, I don't know what kind of perks they had. But it's easy to give somebody some money. <clears throat> it bedazzles, a bribe bedazzles people. A, a, a bribe will, will, will ruin people's judgment. Churches compromise the truth for budgetary reasons. If we, if we preach this truth, people will leave. If we do this and tell people they're sinners and they need to repent and they need to be showing the fruits of repentance, what kind of message is that for Christmas Eve? What a jerk for a pastor. Love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. What's keeping you then from gossiping the gospel? Say, so this is nasty stuff. People, people are supplanting the gospel with a lie. That's horrible. I think you're right, preacher. This is, this is a death sentence to so many in the world. I hadn't thought of it that way. What about your behavior? Why are you keeping back good news that you know about the empty tomb? When is the last time you gossiped to anybody about the empty tomb? About, about the angel who heralded that he's risen? about the excitement with his disciples. You know, my friends, the reason we don't do this is we fear. But, we, but you know, perfect love casts out fear. Ask the Lord to give you his spirit and such a love for him that you will love God and his truth more than the smiles and the affirmation of the world. The second point beyond the wicked authorities supplant the truth, they suppress the truth of Jesus' resurrection with a lie. The second point of this sermon is that the risen Lord Jesus wants all people, he wants all people to hear the gospel truth. The resurrected Lord Jesus appeared in physical form. Uh, uh, not, this is not the place to describe that. We've talked a little bit about it in Sunday school, the adult Sunday school. He was definitely not a spirit. Yeah, spirits are invisible. Uh, it is a body, but it was a glorified body, and the appearance was, you know, again, the similitude is a natural body to a glorified body is as an acorn to a, an oak tree, a live oak tree in its maturity. So no wonder these disciples were looking, and some doubted. I, I don't, you know, it's a, it, 
okay, it sounds like Jesus, he's talking about the kind of stuff that Jesus was talking about. Jesus is glorified. The body is different. He appeared, though, to his 11. Minus one, Judas is gone. He appeared to his 11 on the mountain in Galilee, as he had indicated previously. The disciples worshipped him there, and they worshipped him as Lord. This does not mean, sir, here they know what they're doing. Now they know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, what Peter, James, and John knew at the Mount of Transfiguration. They knew that this is indeed the Son of God, announced with power, and that he has taken on a brand new existence or form. Uh, as the Son of God, he always has had eternal existence. As the Lord Jesus, he was born of Mary, and the union of the two natures in one person, he now exists in this glorified uh, form uh, forever. And so the, the disciples worshipped him as Lord, as God. You cannot worship angels. They'll tell you, get up off your knees. Don't worship me. I'm not to be worshipped. I am a creature. There's only one creator. But Jesus permitted this as right, as correct. And tell this to your friendly Jehovah's Witness. Some of them doubted that he had truly risen. The scripture is so honest, it speaks of doubt uh, sincerely. We do have doubts. You can be honest with God and tell him your doubts. The scripture shows that these disciples, having had seminary training from the Lord Jesus for three years, three plus years, some were still, but they, in turn, but when we hear of, of history, they triumphed over unbelief. In the, especially at Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit, with that power, That'll illuminate every department of your, of your faculty. The risen Lord Jesus wants all people to hear the gospel truth, and so he commissions his disciples to teach all nations, all people, the gospel truth. Now, this is radical. Uh, let me do let me a little bit of biblical theology here. In the Old Testament, the people of God were contained in a community or in a nation in the midst of many other nations, but when the land was given to them as an inheritance, the Lord drove out all the nations, lest they should be contaminated by thinking and by the, the idols and by the false worship and, and, and false uh, morals of their neighbors. And so they, they were kept, as it were. They, the Lord had his witness. He had his people on earth. But, they, but the Lord wanted them to, to not go, but to stay. And he was giving them this land. If they went, it was by his punishment. So they get a taste of what it's like to be a pagan. It's not a good taste. It's not, it's not tasty to be a pagan. When I come back, when I come back to God, if you know him. But in, in the New Testament, the power of the Holy Spirit is such that the people are safe. We are preserved in a new marvelous way, in union, in a more profound way. And we are now able to stand in a world, sure, gathered in a church, but in and among all sorts of people, we're salt and light in the world. That's different. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a commissioning. The church is to be in the world, but not of the world. Our interest is not merely to, to just hole up during the week in our prayer closet until Sunday, come out and, and, and come here, and then we're safe, and then we go back to our prayer closet. Man, you're acting like an Old Testament Jew. You have the resident Holy Spirit. You're a, moving, you're a moving portable temple. You have the law of God written in your heart if you have the Holy Spirit. You are preserved unto salvation by the power of God. And he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of his appearing. That's the difference. So they're commissioned to teach all people. This gospel is to teach, is to reach all people. All people, one gospel. That means the Jews of today, if they're going to come to God, they must believe this gospel because they are a people. The Jews are a people. There's one gospel, and that gospel must reach that one person in that one people. The Jews and the Gentiles, one gospel, no other, because there is no other name given to mankind by which they may be saved. The Lord Jesus is the name and it means Jehovah saves. The Lord Jesus has been given then 
that uh, he has given that commission to his disciples, they are to go. That is not simply a circumstantial thing. As you're going, by the way, what are you doing? What are you doing? Proclaim. No, 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 no. Calvin says the word is very intentional, making it a great distinction between the Old Testament, stay in the land, and now the New Testament, go into all lands. Very intentional. The Lord Jesus then has been given all authority, and that's the basis of the commission. Look, all things are mine. So as you go, remember whose planet this is. As you look into the heavens, look and see all who owns the stars, even the Lord who made them. Everywhere you go, that's my turf. Don't let them think that this is their hood. It's my hood. Everything is the Lord's. And he will reclaim anything and everything that he wants to reclaim. And every soul that he wants to reclaim, along with a thousand uh, hills with a thousand cattle on each hill. The Lord Jesus has been given all authority in heaven, principalities, powers, demonic spirits, all manner of devilry. They're under his feet. They can't do anything. He has fettered them. On earth, Herod, these wicked priests, the chief priests, the scribes, elders, hypocrites, all authority. Sanhedrin, stand aside, stand back. On earth, all authority. You are to go forth in faith that Jesus is in charge. God the Father has given Jesus all authority. And he did this as his reward for a perfect life. The perfect fulfilling, not just the Ten Commandments. Look, Adam, all he had to do was keep one commandment and live forever in paradise. He blew it. Jesus had a thousand commandments because he was a Jew. A zillion commandments, I should say. He kept every one of them faultlessly. He's rewarded with perfect obedience to the Father's will. He is proven here to be indeed the Son of God. Jesus then commanded his disciples, this is not a suggestion, this is a with a commission. That <clears throat> the calling as a, as a disciple is not like every other calling. <clears throat> you, you, they must preach the gospel, or as Paul said, if, if, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe. Jesus commanded his disciples to replicate his teaching. They're to go and they are to teach every Christian everything that Jesus taught them. <clears throat> and the, what everything and everything that Jesus taught them is uh, explained to us later in the epistles and various other places in the New Testament. It fills out uh, with the narrative of, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, don't have time. The whole word of God is in Jesus' mind is Jesus and the explanation of who he is, what, he, what he's done, is all in the epistles. <clears throat> we can only see the outlines of his person and his work in the gospel. And this is to begin with baptism, because baptism represents the covenant. It's the entrance uh, into the visible kingdom of God on, on earth. But it's also, uh, as it were, a Jordan River demarking. Uh, that's wilderness. That's death. That's sin. Here's the washing. Here's the regeneration. <clears throat> Here's the new life, here's the new birth, here's a new land, here's a new creation. It's all marked up by baptism. <clears throat> Beginning with that, and if, and if all who are under the tutelage of the Word of God in the visible church are to be baptized, because he says go baptizing, then, and he says, teaching them, because the Word of God, as it were, cleanses and scrubs, even externally. Now, some of you here may not even be Christians, and you're still being profited by the teaching of the Word. <clears throat> the Word, even applied externally, scrubs you up quite a bit. It's like that news, newspaper, and when it reports bad news, you, you fear the headlines. I, 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 better, I, I better not rob this grocery store tonight because, man, if my mother, back, if my mother finds out about this in the next week's paper, I'm, I'm doomed. And she'll read the paper. She'll get a hold of you. You'll be shamed. <clears throat> Jesus commanded his disciples to teach everything 
everything unto all the people, beginning with baptism. It's a covenant sign. It's a seal. This replaces, replaces circumcision, which is external, <clears throat> and it has to do with uh, a mark again, marking uh, that the end of flesh must, uh, must, must be near. You must be circumcised in heart. The circumcision of the heart, in essence, is by the Holy Spirit. I alluded to that earlier. Baptism in, is in the name. There's one name for God. And in the New Testament is, uh, again, <clears throat> opposed in, uh, strongly uh, compared to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, Trinity, Trinity is suggested. It's hard to prove Trinity. Some people, uh, you know, give it a good, a good attempt. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see, I can see their point. Uh, uh, hindsight, 2020. <clears throat> but in the New Testament, it's very explicit. It's so explicit, you have to be a complete heretic to think that you are right with God and not preaching Trinity. There's Christians that don't, they, they, they think they're Christians. They, they don't believe in Trinity anymore. We're losing the doctrine of Trinity in the church, but that's the first thing we need to learn at our baptism. That's all, that's all very bad. Our churches have fallen. They've apostatized from the gospel. No Trinity, no church. None. No salvation whatsoever. Baptizing, baptism is the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the full revelation of God. The fullness of the deity is, has to be proclaimed. That's what Jesus is proclaiming, who God is, his will. His will is, is part of his, uh, of his person, and he's declared his will to us. God is triune, and God is one, and it's a mystery, and it kills every rationalist. It slays the proudful wicked, but the meek will hear it, and wonder and worship. The disciples then are to teach all of Jesus' teaching to other disciples. Disciples make disciples. That's what we're about. We're about making disciples and reproducing ourselves and getting out of the way. Ultimately, I want to be outsourced. I want to be able to retire, and I want to be able to, you know, you guys have a pastor here that will lead you into all truth as we have explained to us because we're Presbyterian. That's what we do. All Jesus' disciples then are to observe the whole teaching of Scripture. It's not, this is not a, 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 a potpourri selection where you can choose a two side dishes and a main dish. No, you've got, you've got the whole meal in front of you. God the Father then wills all people to hear and believe his Son. God the Father has exalted the Lord Jesus and given him a name above all names, and, and he insists that all nations honor his son, even as he honors his son. And if they do not honor his son, as these chief priests have done, as these governors of Rome have done, then this is treason, this is cosmic rebellion, this has eternal consequences. All men, especially those in authority, especially those who are given as fathers to God's people, God's creatures. Authorities are fathers. They're supposed, to, they're supposed to protect. They're supposed to guide. They're supposed to love and nurture and not turn on them and make them sacrifices to Molech. But God the Father will write all, wills all people to hear his son. And the church, my friend, and this commission is a universal church. And so the church is for all people. We can't decide that we're going to be the church for uh, you know, millennials. We, we, we have no business saying, well, yeah, we're going, to, we're going to raise up a church here. What we want, we want this church to be for people between, let's say, 21 and 35 years of age. We want to have a medium income of somewhere you know, around $150,000. It'd help if they were both married and have you know graduate degrees. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna establish a church here because I want to minister to um, basically neurologists and cardiologists. That's my church. Can't do that. The commission is for all to hear and to come in. The gathering of the elect and the perfecting of the saints. That's the charter. Nothing else than that is. It, I don't know what you're doing, but you've got this commission. Great opportunity in Houston, but all kinds of people here, young and old, rich and poor, every color, every race, whatever. 
Super. You ought to be excited to be in Houston. You ought to be excited that we got all kinds of neighborhood here. We got, we got, you know, all kinds of people, middle income, lower income. We got huge income up there. Over there is a huge income. All right? We got all kinds of people here. And the church needs to welcome all kinds of people. We need to take an interest in them because God is drawing people to the Lord Jesus. The Father is drawing people to the Lord Jesus because the Father has every interest in exalting the Lord Jesus. And if you have an interest in Jesus, you have an interest in exalting the Lord Jesus, not among your little Bible circle, which is nice and safe, but among all people. And especially when they come here, we ought to be excited. Where are you from? What's your name? How do you spell that? The whole, the whole counsel of God, then, must be taught. No, no, no quick and easy formulas. No reductionism. No, no getting to the bottom line fast. No walking the sawdust trail and having a, a, a sinner's prayer and then you're dubbed a Christian and you're baptized and see you in heaven. No other doctrine. Hey, you know, that's, we baptize people so that they would be ready to receive the whole counsel of God. And as teachers, we need to be doing that. We are to be about producing and replicating a full, mature disciple. Or as I like to say, my job is to prepare Christ's bride, his betrothed, his lovely, lovely betrothed, pure and spotless, blameless unto the day of his coming. If, I, if I'm doing anything here to promote un, unholy godlessness and, and, and wickedness, that, that would be subterfuge. That would be keeping the bride back from her holy veil and her white gowns. There can be no compromise in the purity and the whole dress and the whole ornamentation of the bride. And that's what we preach by God's grace. God help us. The whole council. You must then seek to be fully discipled. It's your duty. That's the charter. We, we, don't, have, we don't have five commissions. We don't, we, we don't set the agenda. What, what kind of church do you think? What, what would be our gospel? What would be our message? That's all, that's all, in, that's all in place. That's all, that's all given to us. The, the agenda is given to us. The way that we worship is given to us. The way that we are to live is given to us. We could discover it in the scriptures, but we, we, don't, we, don't have, we don't have choice in these matters. You are to seek to be fully discipled into all the Christian truth. And so you have to ask yourself the question, am I fully discipled? Do I have the full armor of God? Are you stepping out into this world as Luther said, this world with devils filled that threatens to undo us? Are you stepping out with less than the full armor of God? Oh, I forgot my helmet of salvation. Huh? Bingo, you're, you're down. Well, I, I don't have my breastplate of righteousness. Well, there's a wound to your heart. Well, I thought the, uh, I thought the gospel of, uh, of salvation shot... Shod the, shodding, shodding my feet with the gospel of peace is optional. I, you know, I'm not a preacher. There goes Achilles tendon. You're down. The full armor of God. What makes you think that you can do other than to be fully equipped? You've, given, you've been given the full Holy Spirit. And the law of God is written in your heart if you're a Christian. And the law, uh, uh, the, the promise of the new covenant is that you will have the Spirit, and that He will inscribe the law in your mind and your heart, and that God will cause you to walk in His ways. So why are you an aberrant sheep? You've got to wake up. You've, you've got to wake up and realize, I, I'm being called to soldiery. I'm being called to witness. I may not be an ambassador, like a pastor, a minister, or, or uh, an evangelist, or an apostle, but surely I have a place because I'm a royal priest in Christ. I, I, this is a prophetic commonwealth. Would that all of God's people be prophets, said Moses. And here we are in the New Testament and the New Covenant. And are we? The church must then keep its unique charter. People know more about baked beans and weenies than they do about the epistles of Paul. 
in the church. The church has become a commercial center for dining or for bingo or for raffles and that kind of nonsense. The church has one charter, and it's a spiritual one. You take up carnal means, they'll draw carnal people. You're not obeying the Lord. You preach the truth in its blazing, blazing purity. You preach it with fervent love. You preach it in the spirit. You pray. You wait on the Lord. You draw near to God. You seek him with all your heart. You are diligent in the means of grace. You hear the gospel call to worship and you come. You say, yes, Lord. That's a disciple. Always growing, always yearning, always forward. When you go fall back, you ask the Lord to recover you. Ask the Lord for forgiveness. There's repentance there. Then you take up your new walk and you resume your walk in the strength, in the strength that he provides you in the spirit. That is, that is nominal Christianity. That is not phenomenal Christianity. That is not the stuff of books. Everyone in heaven will be uh, found to be a soldier in Christ and a holy disciple. And those are the citizens of heaven. The final point of the sermon is this. Jesus' gospel truth will triumph. It'll triumph, regardless of wicked authority supplanting, regardless of our own cowardliness and our own slothfulness, our own ignorance, our own stupid agenda in American churches, entertainment, pageantry, simple gospel. Tell Jesus, tell people that Jesus has risen from the dead. Tell them to believe and repent that heaven is yours. And everywhere you go, this is the Lord's earth. Rejoice, be glad, O heavens. And you inhabitants of the earth, are you coastlands awaiting the, the law of the Lord? Rejoice, says Isaiah. I know we have to be wearing gowns and turning on candles. What do we got? Jesus' gospel truth will triumph on earth despite all kinds of wickedness and nonsense. Jesus promises this great encouragement. They need encouragement. All of these men were slaughtered, except for one, John, who lived into his old age, but in prison. They were all persecuted, every single one of them. They need encouragement. What was the encouragement? Despite this fierce opposition, as Jesus faced, despite, despite Satan's best attempts at Jesus derailing him, the God of this age tried to derail him in the wilderness. Jesus was faithful. Despite Satan's minions, those who serve him, everyone who's not converted is a lackey of, of Satan. Oh, no, I'm my own man. I'll just do what I want. You're the puppet of Satan. He's got you on strings. You're a fool belonging to a fool. The puppet master's a fool and his puppets are fools. You need to come to your senses. Satan is defeated. He is now the one who's subverted and has only the authority that God uh, gives him. False religions, false cults, they all worship Satan. The gospel will succeed despite Satan. The gospel will succeed despite human unbelief, wickedness, sin, covetousness, faithfulness, money directed to the wrong the wrong uh, me, again, I, I'll throw in the word, the name George Soros. People are concerned about George Soros. Hey, you know, we're going to go forward without just George Soros. But all of this is going to go forward. The gospel will abide with Jesus' church until the end of the age. Why? Because Jesus is here. And he has all authority. The gospel will triumph over sin. All manner of wickedness and death, the result of sin, and Satan and all his principalities until the very end. The age, the last enemy to be absolutely slammed is death. Wait, why do you say that? What, what's the proof? How can you be sure? How, how, how can anyone be sure of this? Why can you believe this message with such, with such fervency and lose your life, lose your life consecrated to this cause? What a pitiful life if you're wrong. But we're not wrong.
Because Jesus is raised from the dead. You want proof? The empty tomb. You want proof? The Holy Spirit. You want proof? The church abides in every nation. 2,400 languages. The Bible is translated in every single one of them. That's better than the joy of cooking, my friends. Yeah. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The reason for the gospel triumph is Jesus. I told you it was Emmanuel. I told you it was God with us in, in the early chapters of Matthew. And that name has not changed. He took on that name. And he is still Emmanuel, God with us. People come to church. They want to celebrate Christmas. They can celebrate Christmas every single year, every single day of the year, and every Sunday. When you come to church, you're going to meet Emmanuel. Every day is Christmas because Emmanuel is with us. No obstacle remains then for people to rejoice in God, to return to God, forgiveness of sins in one act by his death, burial, and resurrection. Christ has perfected all sacrifices of the Old Testament. He has perfected righteousness before God. All that is ours, forgiveness and covering for our sin and the Holy Spirit that we might walk in newness of life. Now, not perfectly. We wait, we wait for the perfection at the end of the age. Meanwhile, he forgives us. He washes us. He grooms us by the word, always by the word and by the spirit. That's why you come to church. You need the washing. If, you're, if, if you believe, you're clean, but you need to wash your feet. You need to come to all the ordinances. The Lord teaches us that as his disciples. It is not optional. Church is not an option. It's standard. Jesus then will be with his church. How? Emmanuel's with us in spirit. He's in our very presence now. He's our music leader. He's our song leader. He's our prayer leader. He's the man who's interceding for us and bringing us to before the Lord. He's perfecting our, our feeble prayers. He's helping me out with this miserable sermon. He's correcting my faults and correcting them in your heart also so you don't believe a lie and you walk out of here harmed. He's interceding for us. And Jesus will be with his church and his church will be victorious in him until the end. Jesus is now ascended. He's at the right hand of God, his Father and our Lord. And his sovereignty is over all now. He is Lord now. He will not be more Lord when he returns. He is the Lord. He was born Lord, says the angel. The child born is the Lord Christ. That's why the Magi uh, worshipped him. By the way, that's tonight's sermon. We have a sermon tonight. The worship service tonight, the Magi can't come. They know that this, this infant in the cradle... This one in the manger is the Lord, and they worship, even with scant evidences. So it'll be a tremendous encouragement for you when you're evangelizing, gossiping the gospel, even a little bit, just a tiny bit of the gospel is enough for those who are seeking the truth to latch and follow that scent all the way to Jerusalem, all the way to Bethlehem. And they'll find the Lord if the Father's drawing them. Very encouraging. Jesus is now ascended, though, and now... We must believe this. All of his work and all of his person. That's the law in 1 Corinthians 15 that we read. Elder Ted, Elder Ted has read it. That's the law. the law. The gospel is a law. You must believe. Because God is truthful. And he wouldn't tell us if there was a lie. You must rejoice then. You, 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 there's a surprise. There's an exaltation. There's a point of, her of hesitancy. Maybe you, need to, maybe you need to find the scriptures to see if all this was indeed prophesied and expected. Maybe you need to see what had happened in the early church and how, these, how this band of, uh, of fishermen and, and tax collectors and how, how is it that this ragtag team changed the world? But they did. By the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus among them. That's how it was done. You must rejoice in Jesus' exaltation. No better man to be in charge of the universe no better. You must delight then in the prospect of God's truth triumphing in the final, the final act of God glorifying his son. It's not yet. Now the Lord the Father has glorified his son mightily in raising him from the dead, vindicating him against the charges of blasphemy and all manner of scandal in Israel. The Father vindicated his son by raising him from the dead. 
but he has one more thing to do, and that is to vindicate his son before all angels, before all principalities, before all nations, and everyone who has ever lived on the final day. For the Lord God himself will appear with all of his angels, not at Christmas with, with, a, you know, with a choir, a few, and a nice angels choir, and it's nice singing. <laughs> It'll be like that. The heavens will break in blazing light, and the Son of God will come in shining raiment, and he will stand, and he will judge every person, every thought, every word, every deed that you've ever done. Because he's Lord, he knows all these things. And judgment will be committed to him. And those who have known him, he knows. And he will place them at his right hand and say, you're forgiven. You're mine. I redeemed you. I died for you. I love you. For the rest, he says, get out. That's the vindication of Jesus. And we can rejoice. And we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. That's what we say for Christians. The conclusion of the sermon. News of Jesus' resurrection from the dead is suppressed by all who hate God. Nevertheless, the news, the great news of Jesus risen and all of his teaching will be heralded by his disciples unto all nations till the very end of the present age. If you're in authority, whether it be a job, a work, a job, or city government, whether it be in the academics, if you're publishing newspaper, you, if you suppress truth, you do well. You, you do very wrong. You're wicked. But if you, if you do not facilitate the truth as it is in the gospel, but suppress it and supplant it, you will be known as a soul killer and you will pay heavily. Authority must be reminded that they deserve the greater judgment. They, will, they, they receive the greater judgment, especially in the church as teachers. You've got to know what you're doing if you're teaching the Bible. You've got to be competent in the scriptures. Or you're going to hurt yourself primarily and others. My friends, you need to seek God. You need to call earnestly for him. You need to repent from every known sin. There's a great corpus of material to learn in the, in the Christian faith. If you haven't got a plan, let's talk to your pastor. Let's get started. The whole faith is for you. And if you know and hear something and you hate it secretly in your heart, that's the beginning of your downfall. That's the first step in, in falling away from grace. You need to recover that. You need to know and love the whole of the truth. Or he will deliver you to a lie, Romans chapter 2. And that's why we have so many bizarre, bizarre happenings, phenomena in the world today. It's one thing to be a pagan. It's another thing to be a post-Christian nation. An anti-Christian is a far worse devil than a pagan. God is not keeping you from learning the truth. God wants all mankind to know the truth, to repent, to call upon his name, to see and, and to, be, to vindicate the Son of God. He wants his Son to be exalted. He wants people to confess that Jesus is indeed alive from the dead. God's enemies and yourself will keep you from believing this truth. Satan works hard. He works hard. Look, Satan, Satan's confusing everybody about what's going on in the birth of the Lord Jesus, you know? The birth of the Lord Jesus is now being celebrated, like I think, the, like the, you know, the, the minute midnight after Halloween. You know, after Halloween, everything's Christmas, right? People lose sense of what they're doing. But there's enough truth there in, in, in the nativity <clears throat> that wise men will seek the light and come. How much more so the resurrection? The incarnation was a, a star guiding. Resurrection is a blazing sun of righteousness. Preach, tell people about Jesus. 
Tell people about his infancy. But don't stop there. Tell people about the Son of Righteousness risen with healing in his wings. Are you growing in the grace and the knowledge of God? Are you fully discipled? Do you want to be? You know the charter. You got, you've, you've, got to come to, you've got to come to terms with that. You know, my friends, Jesus' gracious kingdom, it will surely triumph. Those of you who love the Lord, you can, you can be sure of that. You can, you can go home and, 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 and bless the Lord for this truth that he will be exalted, that the desire of your heart, that Jesus be shown glorious, that he be vindicated, he was no blasphemer, no liar, but all truth was with him, all power, all love. You desire Jesus to be exalted that way. You want him to be honored. You're tired of lies. You're tired of infidelity and perversion in the church. You can rest, my friends, sweetly. That day is coming. The end game is Christ's. And if you're in Christ, the end game is yours. This is your game. This is your life. It's your kingdom. It's your Christ. Jesus is with his church. Jesus is with each, each, each believer. So be of good cheer. It's one of the Christmas hymns we see. Be gone. Woe. Mourn, mourning. And all that. Just let them flee. Be of good cheer. Christ has overcome the world. Isn't that good news? That's good news. That's great news. That's the gospel. So publish it and proclaim it. And away we go. Into the world. That's the great commissioning. May God help his church and his disciples. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the herald that came at your birth. We thank you for the herald here. Great tidings of joy unto all peoples, the gospel. We pray that we would be faithful in this commission and charge. For, Lord, we know that the coastlands await your Lord, and all angels rejoice at the conversion and repentance of one sinner. Help us be those who rejoice even when planting, sowing in tears, in full confidence that we will reap with many sheaves, for you, Lord, have declared it. May we see the day of your triumph with joy. To your name's glory, to your glorious name we pray. Amen. Let's have our tithes and offerings prepared. servants would uh, to a mighty, mighty king. Lord, you are robed in majesty, and your kingdom is glorious. We are yoked to you in this work. We pray, Lord, that as we give of our means, of our work, of our substance, 
and sustenance that we, Lord, would see your kingdom uh, go forward with fresh might, with fresh vigor, with new excitement, with my faith, and Lord, with you as our banner, with you as our captain. Lord, so bless the gift, bless the giver. Abide with us, Lord. Abide with your church. In Christ, amen. That's him, our Lord, infant holy, infant low.